Good morning and salutations, everybody. This is Five Songs or Less. My name is Dante, and today I am punishing Danny with Funeral for a Friend. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. It's, I mean, it's not really morning. Well, what is time and what is a responsible and healthy sleep schedule? Hmm? Uh, I think 20 hours a day. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm on pace. That's basically, that leaves only enough waking hours for recording the pod and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like a couple of cats, you and I. Mm-hmm. Except um, my cat doesn't lick uh, its butt as much. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> I, uh, when I texted you earlier, uh, I almost sent you a picture of my cat licking his butt. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for the restraint, I guess. Funny you should say that. Mm-hmm. Um, how you doing, man? What's going on? I, I'm doing okay, you know, hanging in there. I don't know. I've got, I've got no updates. I could talk about my band having a new album, but this doesn't going to come out for like four months. So it's going to be even older news than it is now. But yeah, are you worried that it's already gonna your album's gonna have saturated the market by then? Yeah, yeah, everyone's gonna know it. There, it's people are gonna be using it at their weddings. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you were just telling me off mic how much you love your band name. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows I don't like the band name. Everyone in the band, many fans of the band. Again, just like how your album has just spread across across the world in the matter of just a few days mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. and you everybody knows mm-hmm. danny ensley from famous rock band i don't even know if you want to say it <laughs> at this point but it, I have it, yet it to doesn't say matter. it on the pod but it doesn't matter everybody already knows it's true it's this true is, and they know i don't like it it's like explaining like hey have you ever heard of lebron james like <laughs> what what do you think i am so I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry to talk down to anyone who um, is a huge fan of Danny Ensley's work. Sorry for saying your last name. Oh man, I I wasn't gonna say this on on mic, but uh, more like funeral for a friendship. <laughs> All right, well thanks everybody for listening. Hope you had a good time. Next week we will be back to listen to our first solo pod, which is one host. <laughs> Who's it going to be? <laughs> Neither of us. <laughs> it's going to be our cats. It yeah. won't be a solo. It's going to be Ben <clears throat> talking to Mulbati about butt tastes. Oh, God, this is none of this is making it. <laughs> it's really not. I'm not putting any of this, this is in. So bad. <laughs> All right. So l- let's actually talk about the matter at hand here. You, for like the past two weeks, have been telling me against my direct, explicit wishes, <laughs> you've been telling me how excited you are for this episode to talk about this band. I am. In general, why? For a few reasons. One, because I knew it was bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you said, I cannot wait to do this episode, I was like, oh, he is just going to like fucking roast me for two hours. No, because because I I knew that's what you were thinking and that's not what's going to happen. But (laughs) 
as much as it pained me when when you said the band you're going to be listening to is Funeral for a Friend. Insert that audio right here. Last time on five songs or less. Because the next time, Danny, I am punishing you with Funeral for a Friend. Oh boy. Okay. Oh, I am... I'm equally as frightened as I was when you gave me um, Third Eye Blind. And now back to the show. I was just dreading it. Dreading having to listen. Because they get lumped in, or at least in my mind, they ran with that swoopy hair, uh, screen print ink on every inch of a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Loved yeah, yeah. by Mike Galley. Oh, was he? Was, you know, Mike. Of course, I know Big Mike. Yeah. Um. Big. Was he? Was he a big fan? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're he, saying, though. He did like shirts with like, you know, so much ink, belt to collarbone graphics. Yes. Yeah. So much ink, very bright colors. A lot of neon uh, greens and pinks. Just summer on the Warp Tour every year. Swoopy hair. I think I already said swoopy hair, but it's worth saying twice. Crab core, all of that. I just assumed they sounded like that. Interesting. Okay. Had you knowingly ever heard any of their music? I believe I have. I'm okay. I'm kind of surprised. Pretty sure fairly early on, I saw a video. What were the singles off of their first album? Um, Juno, Rookie of the Year. I I think Juno was the big one, though. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, I believe it came out first on an EP, and it was Mm J-U-N-O. Yeah, I was reading about that today. Okay, and then, yeah, the the album version is Juno, spelled like the Alaskan city. Um, Good song. Mm -hmm. It it was uh, initially, you kept asking me for this playlist, and I did not want to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. But also, it it did take a while, and I was struggling to like narrow it down. I and Juno was initially on like the eight song playlist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I I only gave you one song off that album because, and we'll get into this, of course. I really like. I mean, I like that early stuff. I like a lot of the songs on that first album and and the second album, which I also only gave you one song off of. Their first two albums were their two most commercially successful, and then they kind of changed directions a little bit. Some first maybe for the the worse, and then I think for the better. <laughs> but um, yeah. and and I wanted to give you a little bit of that. Yeah. Um. The the spectrum of kind of their career. I mean, because because they're no longer a band. So it may have been it may have been either Streetcar or Roses for the Dead. Okay, those are both off the second is that album. Off of, both off of ours. Street Streetcar is, I believe, Roses for the Dead is. Yes, as it well. Is. Okay, I think it might be the opener, right? Yeah. So it may have been on one of those. I. I believe they were. They were also, I think, uh, a big Fuse band when ours came. Oh, it might have been Fuse. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I feel like I remember seeing a video of theirs and being like, meh, whatever. But yeah, so I I've, I feel like I had heard them before, but I don't. It's almost like how I swear I'd heard Trail of Dead before. Um, and oh, L1011. I was like, yeah, I've heard them before. They're a oh, math rock band. right, right, right. No, they're not a math rock band. 
So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I heard them before, but maybe I did and didn't really pay attention. I just assumed they were a shitty warp Tour band that has questionable taste in how they treat women. <laughs> right, <stuff>. right. <laughs> um, as far as I know, there's nothing like that. I, did, I, I, didn't, out I there. didn't come across anything. I definitely looked for it. <laughs> um, I you you're like I wanted to make you feel guilty for your <laughs> of, of this band. <laughs> you did one of the all time like pull the rug out from under me things when you introduced me maybe three years ago, maybe almost four. I can't remember to Agalock, mm-hmm. and I. Became a big, big fan of that band. Lo- yeah. Listen to them all the time. And then you were like, hey, and just so you know, they're awful and you can't listen to them. That's not. And I was like, that's fuck! not how that timeline happened. <laughs> no, you didn't knowingly set me up. I, I mean, I think you were the bearer of bad news. And then I, I was had- the bearer of bad news. Because yeah. when I found out that the singer had said some really shitty things, I immediately texted Dante. <laughs> Yeah. said, Dante, burn your Agalock records. <laughs> and I just threw my phone into a furnace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still listen to them. I know you do. They're on your top five of 2020. Yeah, they. I think they were... I think they were four, maybe? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, if if it's like a Ryan Adams situation, uh-huh. um, I think that's easier to be like... It's the, like, he's the entire entity, you know? Yeah. Same with Jesse Lacey. Because he was, like, the principal songwriter and stuff? Because he's, I mean, Jesse Lacey and Brand New go hand in hand. Do I know the singer's name of Agalock? I know his first name. I don't. It's John. Oh, that sounds right. It is. I said I know it. You could be right. Do you know what it means to know? I have this conversation with people all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Since I found that out, I have, I have not gone and listened to Agalock a little begrudgingly because I do like them a lot. I just but. I just feel like you are you are spiting yourself mm-hmm. to try and I don't mean you specifically. I just mean like when we do these things like with art, we're spiting mm-hmm. ourselves to also try to free ourselves of guilt. Yeah. And I don't think it's a fair trade. Now, I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to go and buy like every Woody Allen DVD. You know what I mean? (laughs) Especially with Agalock, it's like, well, as far as we know, the other three dudes of that band who were critical into the songwriting and recording process and, and, and make that band what they are. I mean, obviously, John was a big part of it, too, but not so much where like when I'm listening to him like whisper growl. I can't like shake, you know, that one thing he said, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just more willing because I like it so much to, to put that stuff aside. But yeah, um, it is, you're right. It it is harder with brand new. It's hard with brand new. I do want to listen to them sometimes. Thanks to you. You introduced me to them. You fucking bastard. (laughs) Oh yeah. So we're even, we're even now. We are even. Yeah. I would definitely listen to Agalock, but again, before I listen to brand new. Anyway, we're 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 down a path, huh? Yeah, and I was almost <laughs> about to go into another argument that was like going to be very potentially uh, hot water territory. So yeah, yeah. So before we start talking about the first song, 
some things that kind of immediately stood out when I started listening to them and watching some videos. At first, they had, they were definitely going for that swoopy hair, swinging the mic around, dramatic poses during during your sets and stuff like that. But maybe around the time after Hours came out, I don't know, you didn't, there's kind of a empty spot there where they had some albums that you didn't give me songs from. Yeah. Maybe they went more down that road, but it seems like maybe they went away from that. So in the, I don't know, let me send you this picture really quick. So um, does the image that we're going to use for our um, episode Oh, God. Is it the one you texted me and said dorks? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so maybe going from left to right is is potentially a transition of the band. I expected them all to look like the guy on the left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much like the, you know, Neanderthal to like Homo sapien yes, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like he's got the swoopy hair in his eyes. He's in all black. He's got... His his pants aren't like crazy tight, but you know. Yeah. And then it it kind of goes off from there, and and a singer guy on the right hand side just looks like a normie. T- totally, he looks and like that's kind of who they are now. His he looks like his favorite band is Chevelle. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He he goes to Kohl's for his button up <laughs> shirts, and then yeah, yeah. E- except for the shirt, the the guy in the middle. Like mm-hmm. if you just change his shirt from, yeah, from him to the right, it's just like, yeah, just some dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that, guy, that guy's got long hair, but you know, yeah, he, he probably he looks, listens to metal. He's an extra in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. a, just a like nothing suburban dude who mm-hmm. is eating at the back of uh, whatever that made up fast food chain is in those movies. Yeah. Movies. Is it? Is it movies? Or did I just say that because I just said movies and I'm rhyming? He, there's two Clerks movies. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about what's the name of the fast food chain in that universe? Oh. I think it might be mm. movies. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's been a while since I have um, been deep into the View Askew-niverse. <laughs> View Askew-niverse. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? It, it is I movies. Mean, yeah. I don't see why not. View askew. Yep. View askew universe. <laughs> wow. God, I am. I, this could be another tangent, but I was like a pretty big Kevin Smith fan for a while. Oh, yeah. When we worked at that record store, I uh-huh. rented at least the first, or maybe the second wasn't out yet, but there was two events he did called like an evening with Kevin Smith. Oh, right, 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 right. And he, he just stood on. It was like basically a stand up set maybe, but just kind of. You know, he would just be on stage and he kind of hold court and tell stories. Mm-hmm. And he's like a super good storyteller and like very, uh, what's the opposite of what I'm being right now? Um, <laughs> gosh, not enchanting. What the hell am I trying to say? Help me um, out here, Danny. Compelling, maybe? Compelling. Compelling. That's a he, good one. Yeah, he, he's just a, he's a very good storyteller and he's he's very naturally funny, you know, despite what you might think of mm-hmm. his his movies. But I was like, yeah. this guy, this is great. Like I had never like been so entertained in my life. And I, I feel less that way now. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of the Clerks animated series. Oh, I don't think I ever saw a second of that, to be honest. Oh, really? It was really good. Kind of I don't know. It was 
maybe a little problem problematic now if I were to go rewatch it. Yeah. But is it uh, weird I, watching cartoon characters talking about going ass to mouth? <laughs> they don't talk about that. What's the point? What's the point? I know. But um but it was funny, you know. It was I was really into that around the time I was really into Family Guy too, so Yeah. I I had the first couple seasons on DVD when I was like, well, I won't say how old I was at the time because you'll (laughs) say something. Because you'll say your current age. (laughs) Well, you'll just be like, what a, just a child, just a baby. (laughs) I know. I know. So anyway, yeah, they seem to like be involved in that kind of scene or whatever, the, the swoopy hair kid white belt scene. Yeah. And then kind of grew out of it real quick or real quick as far as this playlist is concerned (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes but taking their name from a planes mistaken for stars song which uh, i found very interesting they planes mistaken for stars was always a band that like i knew people liked them a lot and i was like i don't know i don't get it so i downloaded like one or two songs and they were okay but i Never really listened to them much, but I revisited them because I was like, oh, yeah, they got their name from Planes Mistaken for Stars song. That's cool. Let me listen to them again. Oh, now I kind of get it. Although they kind of just sound like hot water music to me. Funeral or Planes Mistaken for Stars? Planes Mistaken for Stars. Okay. Yeah. Funeral for a Friend sounds nothing like hot water music. I was, I, I don't know a ton about that band, but from what I've heard, I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was cool that they got it from there. Although maybe they're just saying that and maybe they just got it from the Elton John song. Who knows? Well, I mean, it's it was passed down, clearly. Like Yes, for sure. <laughs> but anyway. No, okay, so so here's a question then. Because that is all fair. They were very much in that genre and in that era where anything that was close to that type of band would probably get marketed fully as that type of band because that's yeah. what was selling. Yeah. Did you think either now I didn't know you in like 03 or 05 when their first two albums came out. Um we met in I guess early 07. Mm-hmm. I'm almost afraid to ask this cuz I know the answer and I certainly know why. I I remember uh, what I looked like back then. <laughs> but when I gave you this band just a couple weeks ago, were you like, "Oh, I didn't realize Dante was so into swoopy hair warp tour emo?" Or were you like, oh, this is exactly what he likes. I, I always knew this. No, it it makes sense because of what I know about the things that you like musically and your age. Because if if we were the same age, I would be into them too. If I was also 46, you think no, we would both no. be into them? <laughs> if I were your age. It's the same reason I'm into, I'm really into Thursday and the, this band immediate, immediately made me think of Thrice. Different things mm-hmm. like that. Like, I like a version of this type of music, but not this version that this band got lumped into. Talking about age, it's that thing where I'm sure there is really good rock music, you know, still being made. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't want to like jump on this like rock is dead type of thing. <laughs> um, like in terms of like the greater like pop consciousness, maybe it is. But yes. there's obviously still good rock music being made. Unless someone probably, you know, 
six, seven, eight years younger than me hand delivers me the actual good stuff, it mm-hmm. might be harder for me to find because anything yeah. that's going to pop up, pop up on like a, you know, top rock tracks of 2020, I'm probably not going to like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I could see where it'd be very easy for you to be like, well, most of this, you know, emo, metalcore, screamo, whatever you want to call it type of stuff, most of this is like awful and disgusting. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to go about weeding through it all and, and finding the the better stuff? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you find someone a few years younger than you that likes that stuff. <laughs> Ten <laughs> years later, you start a podcast. <laughs> Ten years later, you start a podcast. Someone that you think has good music tastes and you respect that about them. And then you go, by the way, what early to mid aught screamo bands were actually good? Here's one. <laughs> yeah. Here's <laughs> the one. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is a band that a band that we early on were able to bond over because it was sadly like my whole identity. <laughs> I mean, Coed and Cambria kind of ran in these like adjacent at least to these circles, you know, and, and Claudio wasn't helping himself out with like the lip piercings and, yeah. and, and the, I mean, helping himself out, like he, he's doing fine. And like, he, <laughs> he has always looked cool as hell. So like, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not saying he was trying to fit in, but, um, yeah, I mean, they were, there's, there's a lot of hair in that band, um, mm-hmm. mostly on one person <laughs> and, and they were, you know, they were kind of lumped into that emo metal yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. It's, they just happened to, for me anyway, they just happened to get there early enough to where they were touring with Thursday and Zayo and bands that I was already into. Right. And so I feel like they kind of bridged the gap between two, I don't even know if I want to say generations, but I'll, I'll say it anyway, two generations of, of kids that liked emo slash screamo. Like I picked up on My Chemical Romance right away because Jeff Rickley of Thursday produced their first album. And so pretty much any album that Jeff Rickley produced, I would listen to the album. Um, and so I listened to My Chemical Romance's first album. And I was like, shit, this is really good. And I saw them early on and then they got lumped into that same crowd. But going back like earlier this year, I went and listened to, a couple of the albums of theirs that I that I missed because I only listened to their first two, mm-hmm. and fuck they could, they write some good fucking songs. So you were out when by the time Black Parade came out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember having to hear it, having to listen to it at the store when we worked there. I think there was it was like the day it came out, we had to play it in the play file like a few times. Remember that happened sometimes. Huh? I did listen to. I don't know if you were there still, but we had to listen to a live White Stripes album literally all day. Oh. And it was. Yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. So, yeah, I I was into the first two MCR albums and then I was I was kind of out because they got lumped into that swoopy hair, MySpace, Screamo kind of bullshit. I mean, they might have been the leaders of they were that definitely, whole movement, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that the Black Parade was probably the height of their, you know, hot topic popularity. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That album has some really fucking good songs. It does. It really does. I, that was one of the ones I went back and listened to, and I was like, fuck. And Gerard Way. Good. Have you ever listened to any of his solo stuff? I've not. I think I, I may have tried, but I, I don't remember. He has an album called, I want to say it's called Resident Alien. Mm-hmm. And I'm. it always confuses me because there's that Space Hog album with a similar title. Mm. But there's some really good songs. I think it's 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really good Gerard Way songs out there for you. The guitarist, the other guitarist in the band, or I guess... Ray? Gerard doesn't... Um, yeah, Ray. He's got some cool bands. And he is a sort of a maybe a touring member or temporary member of Thursday right now too, which is oh, pretty interesting. Neat. Yeah. They did like a live stream thing a few months ago toward the earlier months of the pandemic. And um, yeah, uh, he was playing Frank, Frank Eero is his name, I think. Hmm. But anyway, he's got some cool bands. I listened to a couple of his solo albums and they were decent. Um, and he was in a, a rad like hardcore punk band called leather mouth. That was pretty good. Did you know you didn't? So I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Gerard way. Second cousin, Joe Rogan, which, Hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's a fact. And, but did you know that his, his brother was the bassist in MCR? Yes, I did know that. I had no idea. I only really ever knew Gerard and Ray because Ray Hmm. was like a, like when those first two albums came out, it was like, I got to learn these tabs. Yeah. Like oh, that, yeah. He's a great fucking guitarist. He really... Oh, you said Ray earlier. That's the other guitarist. Oh, you weren't talking about him? I wasn't talking about... I was talking about Frank. Oh. I, the, like, hmm. shorter guitarist. Maybe I just kind of latched on to Ray because I think he... I mean, in, like, their first big video, like, he gets the, you know, the cameras on him during the solo and all that. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, definitely the better of the two i mean they're both good but he is definitely the better of the two as far as like technique is concerned i think i wonder what he's up to i don't know ray toro and frank iero yeah ray played on uh reggie and the full effect mm-hmm. yeah i knew they were like huh. or members of mcr and reggie were were tight or whatever okay well that should we close uh, my chemical romance talk. <laughs> sure, let's <laughs> let's close this door. Are we ready to get into the first song? Um, here, I, let's mm-hmm. let's see if we can't vamp for another 30, 35 minutes. Okay, let's do it. Um, All right, you said you had an intro here. I do have an intro. So, toward the end of the song, I think the last couple lines, mm-hmm. he's talking about washing his hands, and I was like, wow, that's a really really. Um, timely thing to be to be singing about washing your hands we've got a global pandemic happening right now it's really important to wash your hands throughout the day maybe after you go to the bathroom if you want because you know if you if you don't wash your hands what'll happen is death comes to us all Trying to earn my conscience Was it shadows? My every step In my blood 
well done. I always pa- I, I always pause for like the song, but like I know it's like not actually like it's gonna start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, death comes to us all. I was gonna go for um, something more along the lines of I I was gonna say this is what it's called when uh, Bill and Ted jerk off William Sadler on screen. Death comes for us all, or death comes. Ah, oh shit! Oh, no, yeah, it wouldn't work because it's two and not four. You and your jacking off jokes, man. Yeah, put put come in the title and like I don't. What else am I gonna do with it? <laughs> yeah, no idea, no idea. Hey, can I ask you a question? Um. Yeah. What do you think about this song? Um, this song is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you suck. This band rocks. I knew it. <laughs> so after you gave me the playlist, you sent me a screenshot of your Spotify, and I went and made my playlist in Apple Music. And as I was putting all the songs on the playlist, I remembered, oh shit, these guys did a split with Boy Sets Fire. Boy Sets Fire is a band that I've liked for a very long time, although I haven't really listened to them much in the past decade or so. But in high school and my college years, you know, the years I have nothing to show for, um, (laughs) (laughs) I I liked Boy Sets Fire a lot. Uh, When the split came out, I wasn't really listening to them anymore, but I, I was aware of it. And then I sent you, I was like, have you ever listened to Boy Sets Fire before? And you said no. And... The immediate thought was, well, fuck, now I got to give you five songs of Boy Sets Fire at some point. But I also thought it'd be a fun thing to talk about. So I sent you three, I think, Boy Sets Fire songs. And this was like two weeks ago now, so I don't remember what songs I sent you. Yeah. Well, Rookie, you had already listened to because it's on the split seven inch. Right. The two bands cover each other, which is always something that I love. Um, I wish more bands would do that. There's a Get Up Kids and Coalesce split where they cover each other, and it's so fucking good. So I have not listened to either song off of that split yet. I was really tempted to multiple times. So I sent you some songs. I was like, "Let's do you listen to these, and maybe we'll talk about it on the pod. And one of the first things you said was, uh, you're going to be mad at me for saying this, but I can tell why they did a split with Boy Sets Fire. Dante, I am not mad at you. I understand why they did a split with Boy Sets Fire. <laughs> Look at us being pleasant. Yes. Look Agreeable with each other. <laughs> yeah, I, it, especially like the poppier Boy Sets Fire songs, or later career or mid-career, they leaned more into their poppiness. They could easily be the same band. Like this song and the other song you gave me off of Conduit mm. it could easily be Boy Sets Fire songs. They could also easily be Thrice songs. They sound a lot like Thrice, and Thrice is another band that you said you haven't really listened to before. Surprisingly, I don't know how I... Very surprisingly. I I don't know how I've avoided them for so long because I've I've been aware of them since high school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were always... I mean, like, they were always brand new adjacent. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I just never dove in like i think i think at the time maybe i thought they were a little this is gonna sound funny now but like i thought they were maybe a little 
harder or darker than what I wanted. But like mm-hmm. I, I was basing that off nothing. Probably uh-huh. probably the album cover with like the bunch of weird like compasses or whatever the fuck that like design oh, is. Oh, the the first one? Probably, yeah. I mean we're probably going <laughs> back that far. Yeah. I think that's the only one with compasses. Oh wait, are you talking about like the alchemy things? I don't know. <sighs> anyway, it's it's definitely I don't know. I don't want to say weird, but surprising. Surprising that you never listened to Thrice. Yeah. I was never a huge fan. I like a couple albums. I mean, potentially might be an episode of this podcast, but giving you something that you would either probably like or just be kind of indifferent to. I don't know if that would make for a great episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. In, indifference is not I mean I think indifference was like almost what Wilco was it was actually sure. bordering a little bit more on like active distaste but mm-hmm. that was like oh this is harmless but meh and like mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. you said that that probably wouldn't be for a good episode. like I want to like really dig it or like let's kind of have a um healthy you know <laughs> let's uh, talk about why this sucks and what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah exactly like <laughs> Like, you don't get why this sucks, and I don't get why it's awesome, um, so <laughs> let's hash this out. I think I'm, I'm thinking of the Thrice album, and I don't know how to fucking say this, Visu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I not know. it's not compasses, it's just a bunch of like... Yeah. I don't know. Is that the alchemy thing you were talking about? I think after that, it's almost like a, something called the Alchemy Index. It's like, oh, you're right, they do. It's almost like a, a circular like calendar thing with like these weird symbols and. Yeah, I, I was know. thinking of like the the background of their first album has something that maybe looks like. It looks something. like a like a gear with like a Statue of Liberty spikes. <sighs> It's been so long since I've looked at any of these album covers. But, you know, I know I'm going through them right now. I actually do remember the artist in the album in the ambulance cover. Uh-huh. It's a yeah. very early 2000s mm-hmm. type of type of cover where it's just like a random photograph, like a random yeah. not good photograph. Yeah, yeah. It's like, here's a picture of a hospital. We'll make it look uh, kind of yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the it's a- um, like there's a Taking Back Sunday album, I think, with that same. Yeah, I mean, their their album design is always, well, at least the few albums that I recognize off the top of my head. Like, their first album is just like a picture of a freeway exit. Yeah, oh, I, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a, or just a random location. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so the, again, with the swoopy hair emo scene uh, or swoopy hair warp tour scene, mm-hmm. what I was trying to say, I expected the vocals to be extremely extremely whiny okay and have really shitty screaming uh which the shitty doesn't happen until the next song yeah i was gonna Um, say there is there is still some of that (laughs) yeah yeah and in this song oh that's what i was gonna say i'm really glad you started with this song because this one took me by surprise because of how hard it is um it's a lot harder than i expected it to be Um, I was reading, doing a little more reading up today on them. And I guess this album is a first album with a new, a different drummer, um, with more of a hardcore background. And it's got like that hardcore, like splash symbol in there or right where he's kind of going at like, uh, it's, it's not halftime, 
But yeah, yeah that big like splash is uh, a little more spaced out with those like slow quarter notes while the yeah. guitars are like pretty busy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that. I that's ultimately why I put this song first. So this album's from 2013, and I, I mm-hmm. put on one song from their final album, which I believe was 2015. Yes. I. If I just started chronological, if I started the playlist with the next song, mm-hmm. I think you would have been like, I knew it. It's not. Potentially. It's, yeah. yeah I, well, <laughs> we'll talk. But um, they kind of w- their last couple albums went to more of a hardcore type of sound because mm-hmm. I, I think that's that was a really big point of influence for the singer. Yes. Um, based on the the shirts i've seen him wear yes (laughs) right but i also thought musically like right when this starts like it is kind of hardcore but that lead guitar is still sort of a bridge to like those metalcore emo that type of songwriting Mm -hmm. i don't know if you agree with that but i do i do i i kind of thought that oh this is kind of a blend of like them in totality um versus a song that's like really one or the other um there is so the the singer matthew reese davies he in let's see what year this is in 2016 so this is i don't know if they had officially broken up at this point i i think they may have but if not they they were done at least recording writing and recording new music Mm -hmm. he he wrote a article for louder sound that's Mm -hmm. his 12 favorite Funeral for a Friend songs. Did you come across this article? No, I didn't see that. Okay, cool. Um, So for Death Comes to Us All, this was on his list, and he wrote, This was a time when we were really getting back to the roots of our band and the seed from where we grew, and as much as people criticize Conduit, the name of the album, for being Mm -hmm. too short or too one-dimensional, I think it was necessary for us to make a record that really pushed our hardcore roots to the forefront again, Around that time, I really put myself back in the scene after being distant from it for a long time and just acknowledged how important hardcore music was and still is to me. The song is almost like the death of the old funeral for a friend to a degree and the rebirth of the intent that we had when we set out to record songs on Between Order and Model, and I couldn't help but channel 90s hardcore into it. And so mm-hmm. um, that that was definitely like... a. All of that supports why that should be number one for a Danny playlist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They also, I was looking at Wikipedia and the Japanese import bonus tracks were a, a Snapcase cover and a Rage Against Machine cover, which I definitely oh. want to check those out. Interesting. Um, I don't, what song did they cover? Bullet in the Head and Energy Dome, which is a great Snapcase uh, song. Mm. Bullet in the Head's yeah, not but- one of my favorite yeah, I'm su- rage songs. I mean, it's an uh, interesting choice. Yeah, well, and maybe they do something cool with it. Yeah. But anyway, interesting. Anyway, I, I, I didn't that know that cool. existed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I definitely can hear that hardcore influence coming through on this song and the other song you gave me off of this album. Between the drums being uh, a lot more hardcore influenced and... He's not screaming, but he's definitely not singing like he is on on some of the other songs. He's definitely got a good, a pretty good hardcore voice. He does this thing that I just learned about because of Touche Amore, really, Mm -hmm. in in this song where it's 
I, I don't know what the right term would be for it, but it's that kind of like softer, melodic talking. Like it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, boy, I, I really don't know how, how to describe it. Is that called anything in hardcore? But like, do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's yeah, almost like, I do know what you're talking about. It's like his voice is like very relaxed and he's just like, it's just a little bit, um, it's like one notch above speaking towards singing. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really something I would have recognized too much uh, until I listened to Touche Amore a lot from that episode. And also, I remember there were songs off Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 that I believe <laughs> were along those lines. But that was before yeah. I was able to appreciate it. And and maybe those songs weren't worth appreciating. I really can't remember. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of liked that. And it, we're very shortly going to get to where this band kind of started. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, there is a an omission of three albums in the middle. And I gave you songs from four albums, so it's not like mm-hmm. I was focusing all in they on had one time period. A, but a much larger discography than I than I was aware of. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, what I I thought it was. Oh, I keep fucking every time I'm gesturing, I'm knocking my pop screen into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> I'm being too Italian right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I was just saying that it makes me feel good for him. Mm-hmm. That he was able to like get to a place where he was kind of doing what he wanted, you yeah, know. Yeah, totally. Um, and and so I don't know. I I don't know if that should affect how how much you like their songs, but it just made me feel good. It's like, oh, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not like they're what like six albums, five albums in at this point, and I feel like a lot of bands might just be going through the motions or whatever. And doing the same thing, like they could be doing another casually dressed or another hours, but they took it to a different place. They and it's always bullshit when you hear a review say, oh, they went back to their roots. It's like every fucking like Alkaline Trio album or whatever. They're like, oh, they went back to their roots. They sound like God damn it again or whatever. Like, no, they they don't. They really don't. This band, at least from that statement that you had read him going back to his roots isn't going back to how they sounded before it's going back to probably the bands that influenced him the most but at the time where they started that kind of music wasn't necessarily quote-unquote hip you know Mm -hmm. bands like like I've, i've seen him wearing like gorilla biscuit shirts and a snap case bands like that in the early 2000s were kind of past their prime if you will right uh, well i mean gorilla biscuits wasn't even a band anymore but that style of music i mean post hardcore was was the thing because of bands like thursday and and thrice and going in cambria too and like lots of bands like that so oh you said that sense. real weird everyone always says i say coheed and cambria weird you mean coheed and cambria yes sure um so it it makes sense that Funeral for a Friend sounded the way they did. If that makes sense. Eventually. On the next song, not so much. Yes. Right. But yeah, it makes sense to where they ended up for sure. It it's very yeah. interesting to me that you you hone in on on band shirts so much. Because you're like your your breadth, of, especially of that scene, like your your breadth of knowledge of that scene is is very great, and so like you're like putting together the clues, 
you know, like your Sherlock Holmes and all this stuff from like, oh, well, if he <laughs> likes that band, then he's probably inspired by this. And like, I like I would never notice that stuff at all. It's it. I don't know. It's one of those things where like I look out for stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe it's the music snob in me that's like, I can tell if they're wearing it for real or if they're just wearing it for show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because there's like uh, the members of like Fallout Boy. I think the bass players he wore like a filth shirt one time, and it just seemed really fake. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know this guy. Maybe he does like East Bay hardcore or whatever, but it just seemed very odd. And I know their drummer is like a huge like straight edge hardcore guy and and stuff. So and vegan, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. So I always I always notice those things like, oh, he had like a, a he had like a ringworm shirt on, I think something like that. And it wasn't like it just didn't seem to me like, oh, he was at Hot Topic and he picked up this shirt. It seemed more legitimate to me. I don't know. I'm just sounding like a fucking asshole right now in my own head. So. <laughs> oh, are you quoting the song now? It's only in my head. <laughs> I think it's a, you can always tell someone's cool if they're wearing a Ramones or Misfit shirt. Yeah, maybe yeah, Black Flag. It, that they that they got at um, Kohl's. Yeah, <laughs> feel like the uh, the version of of the singer in that picture I sent you <laughs> bought his Misfit shirt at Kohl's. Yes, he was in the uh, the section that's like labeled bland button ups, and he's like, hey. What is hey, that? Printed tees. <laughs> 30 bucks, sure. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad we got off to, to such a good start. Cause I had like I said, I was every time you talked about how you you couldn't wait to, you know, make fun of me for my musical taste the past couple weeks. <laughs> I was I was kind of fretting it. But then I would listen to the playlist and I'm like, nah, this fan this fan, this fan talking about me <laughs> is right <laughs> talking about this band. Like this band fucking rocks, and I am so there is a a much more successful long running podcast that I've I've listened to a couple times. I, I won't say like I'm a huge fan or uh, every week listener or anything. Called Stand by Your Band. Have you ever heard of that show? No, I've not. So it's every week the two hosts have a guest who basically says I am a huge fan of blank, and I know, I know. But here's why I still like them. And so it's okay. almost kind of like they talk about guilty pleasures type of thing. Sure. And I was full on ready to be like, <laughs> like, I am standing my ground here. I get it. I've seen the pictures. I I remember what it was like to be, you know, 16 and 20, 2003. Um, but I'm, I'm still going to plant my flag on this band. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't have to as... Uh, Maybe as much as I initially thought, but we have not yet talked about song number two. Yes. You easily could, and I thought this is where you were going. Are you about to transition into the next song? <laughs> no, but I could see how you would think that, because normally I'm just talking about nothing for way too long until like I squeeze in the, the <laughs> song name. Boy, this is a uh, seven-word song title. Um, okay, um, let's see. Danny, you and I are stuck <laughs> on a desert island. <laughs> And I'm starting to have those like cartoon um, hallucinations where I'm seeing things that like look like food. 
and you're kind of looking like a little bit like a chicken. And so I'm like, ooh, Danny, bend your arms to look like wings. <laughs> there, I don't know. Does that fucking work? As the sun sets On battlefields Well, I hope you can save me Well, I hope you can save our wounded hearts <laughs> That's good. I, I was expecting you to continue your story and say, you know, I'm really I'm really glad that you're you're liking this this first song. It's really good. I was expecting to have to bend your arms back to look like wings to listen to this band. The word back is not in the song title. God damn it. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting to have to bend your arms to look like wings to listen to this band. For the I always listeners say bend at home. your arms back because of the fucking the twin peaks because she says sometimes my arms bend back or something like that so that is a, a big blind spot for me i never saw any twin speak twin speak <laughs> it's it's a uh, matt and david peak they're the twins peak <laughs> um no i've never we'll have seen to, twin peaks uh we'll have to get Vinny gadera on here i hope i said his last name right i don't know that I've ever said it out loud. I hope I was able and to we'll dox do... him accurately. <laughs> eh, people know who he is because he's a musician. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get him on here for five episodes or less. The Twin Peaks podcast. Perfect. Bend Your Arms to Look Like Wings from 2003's Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation. Just what we are right now. I don't, I don't think what I'm in even qualifies as casual. I mean, I don't know. Sweats in a hoodie. It's That's casual. How is it, it not casual? Well, it's, I like. I think it might be below casual. I think it might be um, sad, <laughs> sadly dressed, mm. shamefully mm. dressed. I had to, had to, had to put a song uh, from this album on the playlist. Mm-hmm. For a while, there was a couple. We were talking earlier about Juno. Juno was maybe the first funeral for a friend song that I ever heard. It was played often on 90.5 The Edge, the student-run radio from Clayton Valley High School. Um, That was a high school, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes away from where I grew up. And really, really liked that song. Didn't really pursue the band at that time, but I just know I heard that song a ton. I didn't end up putting that because it has a, a, a breakdown, a bridge, that you might just find, like, hilarious and embarrassing because it's so (laughs) you know emo and earnest and maybe a little more of that whiny sensitive vocals type of thing you were talking about which Mm -hmm. this song is not um free of by any means no not at all but this song is (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean that in a bad way here it comes um this song is I wouldn't say a deep cut, but it wasn't like a, a single or anything. And I, I never see it on like their top, you know, top Spotify lists or, you know, rank your top funeral songs. But this is just a song that I 
kind of always liked. It was always one of my favorite tracks off this album. And I felt like skipping over this era would be lying about who they were mm-hmm. as a band. Agreed. And So here we are, Danny. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, definitely glad you included something off of here. Um, Until the Day I Die, my story of the year. Uh-huh. The intro sounds a lot like that. I hope you have it queued up because I, I can't think of that intro right now. Yeah, I, I can hear it. That said, this one is a hell of a lot better. Okay, good. Because i that's what I was still trying to believe. But I was like, did I think something, I held something in a higher regard. And then you were like, hey, look how similar it is to something that's kind of shitty. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I. It's so, like, simple. But I really like the both the intro and outro guitar part like it's just very like Mm -hmm. i don't know hypnotic to me and i know a ton of that has to do with i've liked the song for as long as i have yeah and so when you know when i'm an emo 19 year old like of course i'm gonna (laughs) like it and i just haven't i haven't convinced myself that i'm wrong about it yet so i still like it in my 30s (laughs) Yeah, it, it immediately made me think of that story of the year song, which is the the only song I know of theirs. Um, another band I, I associate with Mike Galley. Nothing against Mike. He was a super nice guy. Great guy. Yeah, but I feel like that was a thing in this genre of music at that time. Have a really pretty intro where you're singing pretty, and then it gets heavy. And it gets harder or whatever. Between the two, like I said, I think Funeral for a Friend does a better job. It's a more interesting part to me and continues to be as the song continues to happen. His voice on this song. Yeah. And no, hold on. His voice on this song and kind of the song as a whole reminds me of a band that was a pretty big influence on Empire Empire, hmm. a, a band called Penfold. Uh, I've, heard, I've I, heard that name. I mentioned them on the Trail of Dead episode. I bet you that's where I heard them. Yeah. <laughs> so let me play this. This is from 98. Um, I'm skipping ahead a little bit because it's got a similar intro, but it's a lot longer. So that I was listening to Penfold all morning, <laughs> trying to figure out which part exactly I wanted to play, yeah. um, and then switched back to 
bend your arms back to look like wings and so it's, about it's just my business. It, what? It's just bend your arms to look like wings. I just, Did I don't I know if you know. Back but again? The, yeah, back's not in it, but. Fucking A. I tried to not say it. To the point where I put this song on, went about my business. I think I was making some food for, for my kids and went, oh, this is the part I wanted to play for Dante. Oh, this is the song that we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so this just, and I, I wrote this down in my notes, um, right, I wrote this down right after you started to hint that your feelings toward this band were even somewhat positive. <laughs> I was just like, we like all music. Like it, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it does, uh, it's almost a bummer. It's almost <laughs> like kind of disappointing because it's really not about taste. It's just like, where did we spend time and effort to get into something because we could do it with anything yeah yeah you know it's, now but those are very similar or at least i can see how you would meld the two in your mind yeah his the way he sings sometimes sounds a lot like the the guy from penfold i don't know if that was the best example of that but i just wanted to play the like pretty clean intro guitar and then it the last line he says is something to do with his heart same as this song bend your arms to look like wings not not back it was a good thing that he sounded like the penfold guy and not how i expected him to sound on an earlier song where i would i would expect him to be a lot more whiny maybe more close to story of the year although i didn't pay that much attention to the vocals on the story of the year song so i don't remember at this point in the band's life cycle, the drummer sang too, correct? Um, was he the screamer? I, I think he to did be honest, some I of don't the backing know. and some of the screaming. Okay. Because the verses on this kind of have a, a back and forth right. kind of vocal structure. interesting i feel like that's something that's kind of indicative not of of this time period in this kind of music um not so much like taking back sunday and their back and forth that they did but no it's not because those are almost like co-leads in a way yeah like at least in this song like there's it's almost like a not an echo because it's not repeating the same thing but it's like it's Mm -hmm. definitely in the background a little bit more but yeah and so that kind of ties into one of two things I was a little concerned about with this song was a right when the lyrics start and like the drummer is like tapping on the ride and it's like, you know, like kind of pretty. And the first lyrics are as the sun sets on battlefields. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could totally, <clears throat> I could totally see that being something that turns somebody off that's a little cringy Mm -hmm. um and then when there's that kind of like two-part vocals when he says i hope you can save me background from ourselves i hope you can save us from ourselves that 
line or a variation of it was in like every single <laughs> emo-ish album of that time, like Save yeah. Me From Myself type of thing. Yeah. And so like that kind of bummed me out because it was like, oh, I think in so many ways this band elevated itself above the genre, but stuff like that kind of tells you they're still very much within that realm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely... I have a note on the next song, but it, it goes for this one equally. Like, I I wrote, did I write these lyrics in 2001? Because I feel like these <laughs> we are all straight did. out of my notebook, you know? We all did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much of the time, which is fine. I think they're doing a decent job of it, a better job than I expected to hear. Even the songs like this one and the next one are... Not my favorite songs. I don't expect to ever go back and listen to them again. But it's a hell of a lot better than what I was expecting to hear. Hey, man, I've succeeded a very long time by overachieving <laughs> over low expectations. <laughs> that's how you got got your job, right? Um, I mean, that's not entirely untrue. Yeah. That's how I've gotten a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know that there's there's a whole lot more to, to say about this song. Um, the the end. We yes. haven't talked about the oh the yeah yeah the generic ass screaming in the background. The uh, like eighty second outro. Yeah, the it's fine. It's a fine outro. Like you said, the outro is is nice. It's got some good guitar on it, but then it just has that two thousand three. I. I learned how to make my voice sound like this scream that I just, I never want to hear. like strained throat kind Mm -hmm. of scream and also i think the i feel like it's recorded poorly yeah yeah there's something about it like i really want to add this part in but they the guys wouldn't let me at the studio so i'm just gonna record it here yeah on this little tape recorder right i i kind of like what they were going for but i think it was idea exceeded execution I mean, if, um, if there's going to be that kind of screaming on it, I, I'd prefer it to be like that where I can barely hear it. Right. Um, do they do they do more of that kind of screaming throughout this period? Well, I think that part in this song is very specific because because the music is so soft and it was uh-huh. like fading out at the time. So I don't think there's anything really that compares to that. There mm. is some... They don't scream a ton, though. Yeah. I mean, certainly a lot less than other bands that kind of, that was their thing, you know? Yeah. Like, but yeah. rest in peace to uh, the guitarist, but the, I mean, Hawthorne Heights, which was like the absolute pinnacle of target emo or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, real, real commercial. They had... They, they literally had TV commercials of, you know, their album in, you know, 05, yeah, 06, yeah. whenever that was. That, their screaming was, like, pretty bad. 
Mm-hmm. Um, at least on, I, I didn't f- like hear anything after their like first album. I don't think, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of what this really. I don't. We should we should probably throw in Ohio is for lovers because that song is pretty fucking catchy, but it's also like <laughs> that can be on our on our uh, special episode where we just talk about one song from a band. Yeah, our our guilty. We pleasures pick five. Yeah, we pick five like guilty pleasures or five like bands where we only like one song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe I've heard it before, but I don't really remember it. If I have. I was definitely expecting to hear a lot of that kind of screaming on this, on these songs. And I'm really glad that that didn't really happen. That's one of the things that was like a big turnoff to this brand of um, emo when it started happening was that kind of scream where it just, it felt so like fake to me. Yeah. I remember when, um, AFI, mm-hmm. when Sing the Sorrow came out and he changed his scream on that up, like all their albums after that, it was very disappointing for me because I was a, a big AFI, AFI fan for a long time. I was like, oh, he changed the way his scream is. and I don't like this. It's making it more like these emo bands. I don't know. I, it's not that bad anymore. Like if I've heard those songs again, I'm like, yeah, I it's fine. Those albums are just not good in general, so it doesn't really matter how he's screaming. What what year would that have been when you were turned off by his new screaming? Uh, Sing the Sorrow was 02 or 03. And so you were out at that point? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, that's probably, like, that was probably my introduction to them, I would imagine. Oh, okay. I found them when I was a freshman in high school. Sing the Sorrow was 2003. <clears throat> Art of Drowning was the last full album I bought. That was 2000. Sing the Sorrow was pretty big though, right? It was huge. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, I'm sure It was sure their that's... first like huge album. Yeah. So I don't I don't think I've ever heard what would be considered quote unquote good AFI. The only one I like anymore is Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes because it's it's essentially a hardcore album. There's still some some songs I like off of Black Sails and Art of Drowning and very proud of you. Although the first two albums just sound identical to each other to me. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, they were like my band that I liked throughout high school. I feel like a lot of bands that I liked in high school, like uh, like Offspring. We were talking about Offspring uh, via text recently. Yeah. And like eighth grade, ninth grade, I was a huge Offspring fan. And then I hated them forever until, until this very day. Uh, I can't stand that band. But... Uh, AFI like from freshman year when I found out about Very Proud of Ya that was 96 up until somewhere between Art of Drowning and Sing the Sorrow was when I was done with them so I, I stuck with them and I think it's because they changed their style pretty drastically from album to album the next um, song is called Streetcar This was 
like I think I asked you or I said something about putting like a single or a hit on the playlist, and this mm-hmm. was it. This might be their. Uh, well, what's their number one song on Apple Music? Let me see. Uh, I was curious about that because of uh, which song you said was a was the hit. It is Streetcar's number it one. It is okay, followed by Rookie of the Year. I, I admit those might be flipped on Spotify, which was kind of surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is I, I've liked this song for a very long time. And this might actually be the only official music video I've, of theirs I've ever watched. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I think this was one that got maybe like MTV2 and Fuse yeah. um, playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, playtime, airtime. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. And I remember, yeah, it must have been like, junior sophomore junior of high school and being like something about this is like really grabbing me because i i don't know even i'm not what am i trying to say i certainly was not sophisticated or like my tastes were refined when i was like 16 17 Mm -hmm. but this did sound different to me than what was like than the emo screamo rock songs that were played before and after the streetcar video Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so tell me danny was was 16 year old dante right in that what and if so what was i hearing that set this apart (laughs) because now i don't know that i could identify it yeah i don't know what sets this apart from other shittier <laughs> screamo pants of that era. Yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't have any ridiculous screaming in it, for one. They, if you're watching the music video, it's not like crazy swoop. They're not like playing that part. Aside from a little bit of hair and he's like swinging the mic around a little bit. I don't know this for a fact, Um, Because he's never, I've never read anything that like states this explicitly, Mm -hmm. but I would not be surprised if I I just pulled the video up on my phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, he's in darkly lit high school hallways, you know, with lockers and there's like a spotlight on him. And yeah, his, his hair is very, he has the same like trying to pull off that look but not being able to do it kind of like Fred Mascherino did when he was in Taking Back Sunday. Uh-huh. But what I what I'm trying to say is I bet you this was directive from a label from a manager. Oh, yeah. so you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. that I've like read from him is like yeah, we uh this isn't what we wanted to do. Yeah, they're just like, kind of being told what what to do. I mean, the drummer looks like he's Trey Cool. Yeah. And, which yeah. is like so <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> I don't know as far as like musically, I don't know if they're being told what to do, but as far as like the video, the way they were dressing, the the hairstyles and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they were either being told to do some of that stuff or just trying to fit in. Cause I definitely know that right. feeling. Sure. Yeah. I think the only time in their career when any of that stuff affected them musically was probably the album, maybe even the two albums after Hours, mm. not to be confused with the underrated Scorsese flick. <laughs> and I don't know that that was... <clears throat> Sorry, I got milk voice there for a second, um, which I, I'm, I'm not a milk drinker. I'm straight edge, <laughs> just like you. I don't think they were ever like, 
given the directive of what their music needed to sound like, but I do think they felt pressure. Mm-hmm. And and he's yeah. talked about that, about like the album after this, um, Tales Don't Tell Themselves, mm-hmm. which you shoehorned into a pun off we had about this band <laughs> a couple days ago. Yeah. But uh, certainly on this album, I think they were free to do what they wanted yeah. musically. I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they got pressured because they were on victory for a while, right? I'm not a label guy. I, I oh. truly don't know. The victory is pretty well known for being real shitty. They're they're just on Facebook recently selling off a bunch of uh, stuff from their Victory Records headquarters because they're probably going under. Um, but like a day to remember, they had like they were selling uh, off the um, gold gold records that you know they have on the wall. They're like selling off those and like selling off the air hockey table that was in the office and shit like that. A data rem- we should see if we can get a 10 minute phone call with Mike Galley because this yeah. a da- he was a huge data remember I remember fan Th- this is like this should be um five songs or less funeral for a friend featuring big Mike Galley <laughs> Yes yeah oh, Good old big Mike where's the beef <laughs> <laughs> So stupid not uh, him just like that whole like Yeah 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 Getting on the intercom and just saying, where's the beef? <laughs> so the song Streetcar by... So the song the Streetcar. Band. Yeah. It, again, sounds like Thrice to me, but with Chris Rowe, the singer of the Ataris, singing for Thrice. Oh. I don't love the uh, the comparison offhand, but I don't... I only know... I think the Ataris, we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, you, you you know the cover song and that, and maybe that album. But I, I had that album and I listened to it quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, just kind of gave me those kind of uh, hashtag vibes. So this is making me think I, I need to check out Thrice. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, going back to the story of the year, going back mm-hmm. to that comparison, mm-hmm. like I, I, I see, you know, maybe even like some of the notes are exactly the same, so you're whatever it, it does kind of build up to the harder part mm-hmm. that intro and what i think of when i think of story of the year is kind of generic it's mm-hmm. kind of generic guitar parts yeah for some reason and this might just be years of bias building on each other i feel like these guitar parts are fairly creative fairly i mean not not unique but not just like okay, palm mute four by four, and Mm -hmm. then, you know what I'm saying? Um, Like this, like, I don't even know how to describe the guitar in this song because it's the way the guitar and the vocals kind of intertwine, they're not really following each other exact. They kind of, boy, this is like the the segment of the show where we try to talk about music and uh, can't. (laughs) But do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It, it's not, like I said, it's not just four by four. The guitars kind of stop and start. And it, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know, man. I like this song and I do not know how to say uh, why exactly. <laughs> it's one of our, our other go-to words is is there are some dynamics here. <laughs> yes. Yes, dynamics, hashtag vibes. Um, yes. Yeah. God damn it. So you know the the like kind of breakdown bridge on this this song? Yeah, right before he says that, um, well, before like all the voices kick in. Yeah, the, those voices. Yeah, they they talk funny. <laughs> yep, 
Well, well, um, they're Welsh. Have you ever, uh, or you probably haven't, but a show I would highly recommend is a show called Hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Hmm. Um, I believe it is on Amazon, at least the okay. first season. It is a Welsh show. Okay. Um, it's like a cop mystery, but it's kind of like that. I mean, Welsh isn't Nordic, but it's kind of that like Nordic noir style. Mm-hmm. If you've if you've watched anything like that, um, but a lot of that show, they are speaking Welsh, which oh. I am ashamed to say I don't think I knew was a language up until mm-hmm. I started watching this show. But it is astonishing listening mm. to this language. I've okay. it, it's it's like this is a kind of a stupid American thing to say, but I was. Like, I thought it was cool, like, to, like, hear yeah. this language that I never heard before. And I think, like, I remember reading, you know, the the amount of people in Wales that can speak it are, like, dwindling every mm-hmm. generation. And it might be something yeah. like a third a third of the population is still able to speak it or something like that. Unfortunately, if you know for a friend doesn't do any songs in their, <laughs> their native tongue. That seems pretty cool. It is not, it's, it's not available on Amazon. Uh no, you have to you get done missed called, out. You have to get something called Acorn. I don't know what the fuck yeah. that is. That I don't I don't know exactly. I mean, it's like a TV network in the UK, I suppose. Uh. But um, there's a lot of that on Amazon, and I don't know if it's just because I've watched enough things where like Acorn mm-hmm. is rising in my algorithm. <laughs> but Acorn like is it's rising. <laughs> ooh, that's a band name, Acorn yeah. Rising. <laughs> It's also something you might see in the bathroom after Thanksgiving. <laughs> a corn rising. Get it? It is a corn yes. in your stool joke, Danny. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Five five songs or less, everybody. <laughs> Tell your friends. Um, okay, but so were you going to say anything about that that bridge part of the song other than that no, um, you want to slander them as a people? <laughs> I, I wrote a stupid joke in my notes and I, I regret it. So, wait, did you say it? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, just they that have they funny talk funny voices. Okay. <laughs> it's like they have funny voices. <laughs> That's going to be funny to talk about. <laughs> did you actually write H E H after? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Uh, um, so, all right, here's a fun fact about this song. Um, and again, I will be reading from the singer's, um, his own words about this song. Um, it's another song that's synonymous with our band, and it'll be the only time I ever use my own fucking personal dial tone on any song ever. <laughs> Somebody actually managed to figure out my phone number by playing the dial tones over and over, and they got in touch with me just before we were about to play a show in Cardiff. I've personally never been that determined to crack anything in my whole life, but fair dues to the person who did it. And also thank you to Orange for being very quick on changing my number. We wrote that song at the tail end of of touring casually dressed, and I was in bit of a weird place. There were so many people around me and so many relationships coming and going, and it felt like I was being pulled in various different directions, both emotionally and physically. This song was my attempt to put an anchor in place and rationalize the crazy whirlwind that was going on around us at that time. Um, who cares about, you know, when and why you wrote the song, bro? It's very funny that someone called you after this. 
That is insane. It is. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool story. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't cool to experience, but. Especially right before a show, you're like, I mean, because yeah, this yeah. was, if this was like, you know, 04, 05, I, I don't know, like when that song first would have been maybe released as a single. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't look that up, but there, there's cell phones. Is that person in the crowd? Are they yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We have a stalker here. Yeah. Waiting by the bus or whatever. <laughs> right. Man, that's that's crazy. I don't have much else to say. Uh, I Both this song and the last song have enough in them where if I had heard them in 2000 or 2001, or if they, they existed then, I probably would have been a fan. Because it's not far off from a lot of the bands I liked back then. I mean, you can hear Thursday in this. Like I said, Boy Sets Fire, too. Like, more on the Conduit songs. But even in these songs, like, Boy Sets Fire has some poppy stuff that is sounds a lot more closer <clears throat> to this than anything harder. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It I'm pretty guilty of judging <clears throat> bands before I listen to them. The big one for me that I'm forever bummed about is uh, Me Without You. I mean, I, I found them, I found that I liked them pretty early on, but I was aware of them for a couple years before I actually listened to them. But I was like, their name is stupid. I'm never going to listen to this band, you <laughs> yeah. know, or like a lot of these screamo bands, the warp Tour bands and stuff. I had no interest because I probably heard, you know, a song by a couple of them and was like, nope, this isn't for me. Or I saw totally. a a Crabcore video. I can't remember the name of that that one band. I want to say it's like Devil Wears Prada or something. That is um, a band. I know it is, but oh. I'm just thinking of one specific... The first time I ever saw basically the definition of Crabcore, just like skinny, skinny black jeans spread apart and doing the like Crabcore thing. And just, I literally just Googled it because I... You keep saying it, and I don't know what it is. Oh. And the, uh, yeah, the images it brings up are just more offensive than, like, any, like, <laughs> snuff film could ever be. Yeah, yeah, just just awful. And that that was, like, when you started hearing autotune in these this kind of genre. Yeah. And, yeah. I just, so I just assumed that this band was like that, and so... It's kind of a, a nice surprise. Even these two songs that I'm not that big on, um, I could see myself being a fan of this when I was in high school. That that's fair, and it I've kind of I won't, don't want to say grown out of this song, but like mm-hmm. Streetcar used to be just like an all time banger for me. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm just like. Yeah, it's good, and I like it for what it is, but it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it doesn't hold um, like the place in my heart that it once did. Sure, sure. But oh man, I can't get off this crabcore thing. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Close the tab. I, I, okay, so apparently there's this screenshot that's on like all these articles explaining what crabcore is, and it's from this band called Attack Attack. Oh yeah, yeah, that was another Mike Galley band, and. <laughs> Get them on the line. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like this, you know, oh, God, shoulder, yeah. 
Do you see? Oh, I just it's googled disgusting. it. That's the that's the fucking video when I when I thought uh, when you said funeral for a friend. Uh, this was one of the first images that went through my mind. Oh God! You think so little. You think I'm capable of such horrendous acts. <laughs> Against humanity. Oh, it's so bad. It's the shoulder length hair and it's the like bleached streak <laughs> in probably in over what's probably black dye. Uh, um, and the v neck t shirt. The v the, yeah, this is when like metalcore and emo started blending with like, yeah. Yeah. like dancey type of like, like mm-hmm. you said with the auto tune and and <laughs> like dance type. Of, um, what, what's that fu- like? You remember the band Hollywood Undead? Oh, yes. Like, quite, quite honestly, it might be the worst band of all time. Like, just absolutely <laughs> like, okay. All right, I'm going to a bad place. But yeah, I'm just okay, thinking of okay. all, like like you said, like the the neon shirts that mm-hmm, are just, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, you, you're not even sure what color the shirt is because every, yeah. th- every single inch is taken up by a, a shitty graphic. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. No, okay. This is... At the very least, this is not funeral for a friend. Yes, it is not. Yeah, I, I guess w- we could talk a little bit more about that era of the band, but when when you think about the songs that we, uh, the, the remaining songs we have to talk about, just, yeah, spending any more time talking about early aughts emo, it's just like, I don't know, man. I can't do it. Can't do it, Donnie. Yeah, is that a, Donnie? Is that I a, just can't do it. Is that a Welsh accent? I have no idea. No, I don't think so. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get in, into conduit, I've been meaning for fucking like an hour to play you this clip. Oh, okay. Totally unrelated. I don't think I want you to cut it out, but it it doesn't matter. Um, I'll just play the whole fucking intro. I just want to, I'm curious if you've, if any of this rings a bell to you, okay? Okay. Here we go. Any of that? I mean, it sounds like story of the year. Okay. So that's. That's Hawthorne Heights. That was their big first single, Ohio is for uh, Lovers. And that okay. first line, hey there. That's like, <laughs> like, I'm sure that's been memed uh, a billion times. Like, hold on. It, I think it was very much like Screamo by Numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the stuff. That's I'm definitely... More- that's another thing that I could have easily pictured this band being too. Hey there. Yeah. Um, I should also say though that that song fucking owns. 
<laughs> okay. oh, I'm going to make you listen to that song sometime. Ugh. Cool. Can't wait. Conduit by the <clears throat> band Funeral for a Friend. This was my favorite song of theirs on this playlist. Oh, all right. Again, sounds like Thrice, the, the heavier Thrice that I'm more into. Definitely going to listen to this album. Is The two songs you gave me off of this album and kind of what he said about it being a leaning more on the hardcore side is that kind of like the through line on that one where it's it's a little harder faster mm-hmm. or whatever yes i would say i would say conduit um i would say their last two albums are lean much more heavily that way um chapter and verse is is the final one that the mm-hmm. the last song we'll listen to um is off of but yeah i i think if, if you like Death Comes to Us All and Conduit, then, you know, that album's worth checking out for you for sure. Okay, I will. Because he, he, here's what here's what you'll like. I won't read the whole thing, but this is his quote about the song and album. That album may have confused people, and people who liked our band for other records may have been turned off by it, but for me it was true to the idea of what this band is and should be. And so that that, I mean, after we talked about bend your arms and streetcar. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're looking for. Let's get away from that a little bit. Um, and let's also skip over about six years in the middle and then finally land on something uh, a little better. Yeah, yeah. This is more more Danny's speed Yeah. At, at this point in my life anyway. I really like the... I mean, there's a lot in this song that I like. I like the drums again. Uh, the, the riff on the chorus, I was, I was attempting to cue that up. Yeah, again, definitely has elements of Boy Sets Fire in there, too. What did you think of the Boy Sets Fire songs that I sent you? Do you, do you remember? Um, I mean, there was, from what I remember, they were not this hard. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I think the song, what was the song that Funeral covered on that split? Uh, was that Rookie? That was Rookie, yeah. right? Yeah, that was like by far their most popular song. Mm-hmm. And I remember, to be honest, being a little underwhelmed. Um, mm-hmm. It That song doesn't really, it doesn't really change a lot. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, oh boy, I, I need to hop back on Thesaurus Ditcom. <laughs> see if I can't find a different word for the same thing we always want to say. Let's see here. That song didn't really have um, the locomotion that I like in some of my music. Did that not work? Okay, that I could have I I could have been okay if that song um, oscillated a little bit more. <laughs> sure, sure. The kinetics of that song were not up to my liking. What I'm trying to say is there wasn't a ton of dynamics 
in that song, uh-huh. at least uh-huh. to, to my ear the, the couple times I listened to it. Um, and, <laughs> but to be honest, man, I, I kind of feel bad for saying this because you, you have, you've, you've been so nice to the, to the band I, I gave to you. I, I kind of found it a little boring. I hate you. I hate I know. you. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, yeah, like, I mean, hey, hey, we can agree on that. I'm hateable. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have found common ground. We hate Dante. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If um, you want to give me f- like five and you know force me to do a deeper dive on them, you know I'm like guaranteed to be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's good. Like that. <laughs> so if that's what yeah. you're looking for, you know how to get it. No, um, I don't know. Maybe someday, but but yeah, this one I could easily see being from the Boy Sets Fire catalog. There's really good riffs in there. The chorus is great. Uh, the drums are really good. It's got a really cool breakdown in there. And I, I, I said, ooh, I like the end, but I don't know what I like about the end of this song. <laughs> ooh, I like it. And that's why I put it on there. I, that's certainly the hardest song on the playlist. Uh-huh. And to be honest, the course, the the course kind of has like two different riffs, but mm-hmm. like the first part where it's like, ba-na-na, ba-na, you know that part? Yeah. Yeah. I hate trying to mouth the riffs. Um, <laughs> it's just so embarrassing. I almost thought you might find that too, like maybe you would think that was generic. It It could be easily, but everything together with it, I don't know. I like it. I don't know if it's necessarily generic or not. I could easily see how it could be as far as like generic hardcore goes. Yeah. But I like, I always like when a band hits that open string and it's like, boom, it does that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that, like Ridley Scott movie trailer. Sound. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. No, I, and I think where the rest of the course goes, because it, it does like a variation of that riff after yeah. it, I, I think that all kind of brings it together really well. Um, and yeah, this this song just being pretty unabashedly hard. Um, it was between this and another song from this album. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad I ended up picking this one. There's another song on this album called Nails that mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if maybe if you want to see if this album really is what these two songs make it out to be, listen to Nails and see if we're three for three. <laughs> okay, and then okay. and then you can kind of dive into the rest, but yeah, it it was. I mean, I I like this song for sure, but I was definitely like, this is different enough from the other song off this album, and it's different enough from the other later song that we'll get to next. Mm-hmm. That I I thought it f- filled like a good role and was very suited for what I think you might respond to. Yeah, it's it's. Interesting, too, because now I've got a better idea of your relationship to things that are considered hardcore, I guess, because... What the fuck does that mean? 
<laughs> I've never seen you as much of a hardcore guy. I mean, you've you've I'm said not. as much. <laughs> you've said yeah. as much on the pod. Um, and so something like this, like I I I gave you a softball with Touche Amore, where I could after this and and the fact that you did enjoy uh, the Touche stuff, I could definitely see maybe going a little bit harder and find where my limit is find your limit. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have no limit. Oh, I I don't think it's actually very far away, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I like where this song is going. I don't know. I really don't have much. It's weird. A lot of the times with songs that I like, I don't really have that much to say about it. Right. Well, it's easy to criticize things that we yeah. don't like. And I this this song kind of I'm going to use a phrase that I make fun of all the time, but this song just kind of is what it is. Like it's mm-hmm. it comes in and it hits pretty hard and then it's done. Um, yeah. you know, and it, there really isn't a ton to it to be honest, but I think it does what it does really well. Yeah, yeah. It it's only a couple minutes. It doesn't do that much, but what it does do, I feel like it does pretty well. Yep, what I just said. <laughs> I'm God damn it. <laughs> this episode hasn't been that loopy or bad, and now I I think I'm getting there. I was just thinking that this episode like hasn't really been that loopy or bad, but like <laughs> I kind of feel like we're getting there. <laughs> it's a good thing we only have about one percent to go. good i was just about to wind this the same thing up <laughs> nice um okay dude this song wait when did i last talk to you oh it would have been the um on on okay. boris tuesday yeah. yeah so uh four days ago i guess mm-hmm. um we did the boris up and you sang <laughs> nothing is original somewhat mockingly just like that you sang the first line of this song to me and that's what just added to my dread <laughs> for this so i've been kind of waiting for this it, it kind of sucks this is the last song because this whole time i've been like oh no because i so like the, i always i think try to put a conduit song in the playlist that like i think is not a softball, but like, well, I, I'm pretty sure he'll find something in this to like latch on to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I I think I kind of put what I think might be your favorite song at the end. And you already mm-hmm. said Conduit was, was your favorite. So I, I know that didn't exactly hit the mark, but I don't know. I, I kind of felt like this song was the, if you smush all the other songs together. Yes. Yeah. You get 1%. That's a good uh, good way to put it. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got some of the poppiness. It's got some of the hard uh, aspects of them. And yeah, his his 
voice kind of varies throughout. It's, I'm not making fun of that line. It just got <laughs> stuck in my head for like a fucking week, just repeating over and over and over. And so I just had to like blurt it out. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's what he does. It, it, the song starts and he blurts it at you. And I yeah. can see that. The other line was, was there any other lines that got stuck in your head from this song? Um, not that got stuck in my head, but that I, I really like the bridge and, and their breakdown bridge part. I, maybe we can talk about that a little later, but but yeah. Oh, are you talking about like towards the end? The better than a telescope part. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like that part and was not, I was like, oh, this could be something that like Danny could make fun of and I would understand. Because um, <laughs> his voice kind of does a weird thing where if you don't like his voice, like you can find ways to make fun of it as well, I think. Again, this this sounds like it could be a Thrice song. Um, yeah. I'd, and I almost like this better than Thrice. Because Thrice got a little boring to me. I know a lot of people, like the albums that we were talking about earlier, the Alchemy Index and Visay, or however you say that one. Yeah, yeah. I... I don't like those albums and I got really bored with his voice. Um, they have a pretty extensive catalog too. They right? do. They do. Um, the first album is okay. The second and third, I, I really enjoy. And then there's kind of songs here and there from the other albums that I, that I still liked, but his voice just kind of bored me after a while. And this guy's voice has a little more range to it, um, to me. So I think that's why I, I kind of like this better. Um, one of my favorite things to hear, the most desperate sounding scream that this little 28-year-old or whatever can muster. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... Hold on, I need to play it really quick. Okay. is so fucking good in the five songs you gave me i've not heard him use that voice that scream that's this kind of screaming that i want to hear in this type of music and kind of most types of music with screaming um we were talking about agalock earlier there's one song on marrow of the spirit where he does a totally different kind of scream it almost sounds like it might be a different person or something. Well, one of the songs, I can't remember which song. Or like uh, Jeff Suffering from the band 90 Pound Wuss. Like he does a lot of this like just desperate sounding scream screams. I don't know. I love it. It sounds so fucking good. And it kind of made what to me was kind of a mediocre 
song and it took it to a much better place like the bridge kind of brought everything the bridge kind of bridged everything together oh um, man the the like severity of that backhanded compliment is <laughs> really stinging because i think this is my favorite song on really the, on the playlist. i mean it's yeah. not a bad song it's it's just like i like every part of it <laughs> um I, when he says, would you steal from your friends? Like, you know me. I don't give a shit about meaning. Like, first of all, life has none of it. And when you boil that down into, like, small pieces of art, like, it matters even less. Mm-hmm. But when he says, would you steal from your friends? And then it, like, kind of echoes, like, repeats in the background. Like, yeah, I, f- I feel that. And yeah. then the other line I was talking about, I was wondering if it stuck out to you, is when he says... Uh, just don't claim it's a crisis. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will carry that around with me for the rest of the day if I hear the song. <laughs> and then yeah, of course. But I mean, I totally agree with you. The way the song closes is fucking great. Yeah. But I I don't feel like it's like salvaging an otherwise mediocre song. I mean, that's mm-hmm. fine that you feel that way. Like I'm not trying to argue that you're <laughs> you're wrong. I'm just I'm just saying like uh, Matthew, if you're listening. I love the whole song, not just like 1% of it. I mean, again, I don't dislike it. I would much rather listen to this than uh, Streetcar or Bend Your Arms, whatever. Sorry, Matthew. Um, I like your later catalog better. But it just ties the whole thing up so nicely. It's a really cool closer. And so, so yeah, the, the ending is another reason I put it, mm-hmm. I put it as the last song. Um, I think, well, one, th- one thing that's been fun about this podcast is like with a band like Funeral for a Friend, I've liked for a long time, but when you put a playlist together like this, you kind of, or at least I like started learning more things about the band because I'm yeah. doing research in a way yeah. that I wouldn't do if I'm just trying to listen for myself. For sure. I think you would really... Like you might be good friends with Matthew. Yeah. His his Instagram name is so it starts and ends with an X, which Perfect. I which yeah. I sort of referenced earlier unknowingly. He <laughs> did. In between those X's, his name is Geek Edger. Oh, is he Edge? He according to his Instagram bio. He's a socially awkward vegan music slash music loving nerd. Works for Avocado Booking. Used to be in Funeral for a Friend. Resides in the German flag. I <laughs> guess like a sleeping bag or something. Um, but I, I mean, I, I would take that to to mean that he's Edge. But no, just yeah, the fact that his his name is Geek Edger, and it's kind of seems like he. I mean, even in their last couple of albums, not that he was over, like, making music, but he was over trying to make that, I think, be how he determined his, like, individual happiness, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, oh, like, my personal measure of success is no longer tied to album sales or, you know, radio play or whatever, Um yeah, I don't, he definitely seems like a cool dude. Maybe maybe I'll fly to Germany and hang out with him. I have a, I don't know what city he's in. I have a friend in uh, 
Munster? I don't know how to. Oh, is that our one German listener? I have no idea. I mean, no, I no, because uh, I would never tell her about this because I I want her to respect me and um, still talk to me. Well, we have one person in Germany who's listened to at least a couple episodes. So awesome. Um. So yeah, good stuff. There was an acoustic version on on uh, Apple Music, and it was acoustic. There was that one like live video I sent you where. It sounded like he was sick or something. He could barely. Yeah, like, that sing. was pretty brutal. Yeah, poor guy. Well, I, I mean, I think it's already pretty well established. I I like this band, but I don't like. I don't think you would say he has like the greatest or strongest voice. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he like kind of uses that to his advantage, like the frailty of the voice, where it's like kind of breaking or mm-hmm. it is. He is adjacent to the key he's supposed to be singing in, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I, I think sometimes that works, you yeah, know. And, yeah, for sure. And the the desperate screaming you're talking about, this is going to sound like a very pretentious way to say it, but I, I can't think of anything else right now, and I'm not going to pull up. Um, oh gosh, the 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 Saurus. <laughs> the Saurus. Yes. Yes. For, for those who um, maybe Danny cut it out or for those who don't remember, Danny cannot say the word thesaurus. Um, <clears throat> I can't. I know. But even though you're kind of you're kind of being a thesaurus this episode by just saying what I say slightly different. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that um, the the like the desperate screaming and the maybe like perceived physical limitations of his, of his voice add to the like authenticity of how it mm-hmm. sounds which i know is like a super snobby thing to say yeah. but it's like oh good thing he's not a better singer otherwise otherwise it would sound fake like yeah you know kind of a shitty thing to say but i think you get my meaning i do i do get your meaning danny um would you like to give this band some seconds of summer i would how many seconds of summer does Funeral for a Friend get? I'm going to go with an even three because I liked three of the songs and the other songs were fine. Sure. Okay. There you have it. I will listen to, I'm going to listen to Conduit and probably chapter and verse and maybe we'll see what else happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Listen <laughs> to, we didn't talk about the the dark period at all. I, so, I mean, you're welcome to to you know dip your toe in that if you want. Sure, but sure. the album after hours gets very, I don't know, almost like they were going for not quite arena rock, but just like kind of more mainstream radio rock. Mm. And that's when you could really start to feel like they were, you know, feeling some pressure to chase fame, yeah, and and commercial success a little bit more. And it just, it doesn't work. It's just mm. everything interesting about them, um, or at least everything that I found interesting about their first two albums was just gone. Mm. It was just kind of like scrubbed clean. And so, yeah, they didn't really get back to a new form of interesting until Conduit. So, you got another band for me? Danny, in fact, I do. Ooh. Are Glad they, you asked. Are, are they from the whale zone? <laughs> They are not from the whale zone. This band is, um, they are 
Well, this, I didn't even think about this earlier. So they are based in the City of Angels, which Ooh. I so normally you, am. So you hate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm punishing both of us here. No, uh, th- <laughs> I, I'm taking I'm taking this episode, maybe this podcast, in a slightly new direction. I wish you could see how I was sitting right now, because I'm kind of doing that thing that like pretentious people do, where like <laughs> my, my legs are very close together. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of have like one knee up that I'm like holding up with interlocked hands, <laughs> if you can picture that. And and then I'm like kind I'm kind of like turning my torso to the side towards the mic, but my legs are kind of off, off like to the right a little bit. So like it's just like yeah, oh it's awful, it's awful what I'm doing right now. But it, I I want to be like this to to speak this way to, to okay. speak okay. this way to you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you will find this an interesting choice, and maybe after this experiment, you'll say, don't do that ever again. <laughs> but this is a band I like. This is a band that I think w- will and can lead to interesting conversation. And this is also a band that will maybe a tease, maybe slightly a spoiler lead into the next band that I'm giving you. The mm. band following this. So I already got your next two lined up. Wow, okay. We've got a theme going, I like it. L- little bit. Little bit. <laughs> this band is not an emo, screamo, metalcore band, though the name could make you think that. <laughs> because, Danny, the next time I punish you, I'm doing so with the band Don't Stop or We'll Die. Don't Stop or We'll Die. I have never heard of this band. I was hoping that would be the case. Um, Am I I allowed to to look them up on Apple Music right now? I was actually just going to say, I think if allowed, I think the directive should be remain in the dark. Okay. Until you get the playlist. Okay. I think that is an interesting way to go about this. And then I think after you maybe, you know, you'll get a few playthroughs under your belt. Mm-hmm. You can dive into the Wikipedia and whatnot. But yeah, this is definitely a band that what you know or don't know will for sure influence how you are perceiving them at first. Mm. Okay. I'm excited. I have... I have- no idea what to expect, so don't stop or we'll die. Don't stop or we'll die. Yep. Can we can we stop the podcast? I think we better. Okay. See you next time, everybody. We won't actually see you. Talk to you next time, everybody. Danny, end the podcast. <laughs> end it. End okay, the podcast. <laughs> we'll die. So anyway, go go ahead and just go ahead and pick up right where you left off. Okay. 
So that part of the song is so fucking good. In the five songs you gave me, I've not heard him use that voice, that scream. That's this kind of screaming that I want to hear in this type of music and kind of most types of music with screaming. The generic ass scream in the at the end of Danny, can you really not hear me like chewing as loud as I can? Uh, I can hear you chewing a little bit. And when you said that, it was really loud. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I turned the gain up a lot because I thought maybe that was the problem with the chewing. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry I let you talk so much because I thought it was, you were going to start and it was just going to be immediately like crunch. <laughs> no. And it was going to be a, it was going to be a fun thing. And then we'd actually get back to it. But I just no. kind of ruined uh, yeah, you, you being ruined good it. at. Yeah. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. I think um, you were about to give it eight seconds of summer. <laughs>